I just got off stage at a strip club called the Oddball Cabaret, and it's in the valley, and it's seedy, but it's beautiful in its seediness. There's, like, kind of older, but yet still very attractive in their, you know, it's it, it's not a Hollywood strip club, but it's... Um, it's really cool in there, and the comedy is so much fun. To do stand-up in a strip club, it's my second time to do it at this venue. And the, oh my God, I, I mean, the first time I did it was amazing because it was a packed room. But this time was also really fun because they were attentive, and they were a really, really nice group of people. Um, but what they're doing is um, Big Mike, who's been on the podcast before, is running the show, and he's got it where it's two comedians and then the strippers come up and do two dances. So it's like sex and comedy all rolled into one like delicious little nugget of a gig. And while I'm hanging out this gig, I run into a friend of mine that I don't, I, I say friend because we've run into each other and done shows together before. We've never really hung out until tonight. Something about being at a strip club bonds people together, right? Yeah, exactly. Lloyd Collins, <laughs> right? Don't we like, when you do crazy gigs with co other people are just like, you know, in the you trenches together. Yeah, in the trenches. You know, that's what it is. The audience really wasn't uh, that many. Well, you took the bullet. Of course. Yeah. Because that's, in my mind, failure is, is progress. Oh, I agree. The harder the, 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 the muck you have to swim through, the stronger you get. Yeah, and my yeah. thing is I want to be able to rise to the occasion. Uh -huh. And part of that is knowing what to do when in, in, all, in all situations. Right. You know what I mean? Like when the audience is doesn't want to hear anything, when they're over talking, when there's a heckler like so. You got heckled. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. In there. That didn't even make any sense. That was like the most bizarro heckle you got in there. Yeah. And, you know, like that's but that's my life. Right. Awkward, bizarre, <laughs> no meaning. And and still I have to logically respond with the with the with the uh, correct decision for gotta my, get for out of the time. muck yeah i, yeah. I try I, try to be, I try to be a positive person uh -huh. but there's so many um chances for me to be an asshole <laughs> that sometimes you just run into it and you're like oh hold on i can be an asshole right now but <laughs> the reality is, is i have another agenda and so i chose to go with the other agenda which is to you know uh be a professional oh in this case yeah in this like case tonight yeah. yeah i mean there was no point the, whatever he said made no sense anyway <laughs> you're in a strip club <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah you're I gonna mean, get heckled you know at some point yeah uh, yeah exactly and the thing is is i'm i used to love being around strippers and the older that i've gotten the more i've begun to look at it logically and and understand that they really don't like uh, me that much. Well, you say you used to love being around strippers. Yeah. You used to go to a lot of strip clubs and get lap dances and stuff? Like, Well, my, yeah, I used to go to a lot of strip clubs and get lap dances. But even more than that, like, I knew the girls before they became strippers. Okay. And just the party girl lifestyle and the party girl attitude used to be something that I aggressively went after and i used to have a preternatural ability <laughs> to see that a like a predator like you said like, like a yeah, predator yeah, like like that's hilarious if, if, like it if it was a party girl you knew that like this is where you were like wanted five to be. minutes yeah like five minutes of talking to a chick i could really um have a, a beat on who they were and then from that point it was like okay i have to i had to learn to be respectful of that instead of try to manipulate that that's a process and and in turn, I guess when they became strippers, they learned how to manipulate you. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. maybe there's something to that. Did you end up spending a lot of money on women in clubs? Is that 
yeah, because so this is what happened. Like I ended up spending a lot of money because I felt like I was a choosing to be an asshole to the girls who I, that I knew that were strippers. And I was like, you know what? You have to do my stripper charity here and go back since I've realized that these women do have agendas and they do. do wait, no, 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 no. Wait, you're losing me a little bit. What's so that? wait, you. It's penance. <laughs> and there was nothing in it for you. <laughs> of course there was. Okay. But I mean, when is it? This is an altruistic. This is like a guy going, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna give back to the women because of what they've done. And I'm going to pay. <laughs> well, it's more like because of how, how I treated them, like, you know, d- disrespectfully kind so of. So it's. So by attending their their performance, yes, and 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 contributing to their college fund, I like to think of it as encouraging them to follow their path. <laughs> okay, you know, like I, I like you that. Can, you can look at it like I'm uh, donating to their college fund, but in my mind, <laughs> she's doing something she wants to do, and I have an opportunity to have positive reinforcement. Support her kid because daddy didn't do it. And you, yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> you know exactly. And at the same time, I'm getting a penance for how I treated the strippers when I was younger and really didn't understand. Wait, what was the difference when you were younger? I, and when, when I was younger, I felt like um, when they were in front of me, they were people. And then when they would leave, they would just cease to have emotions. Like, I, I don't, it was just such a juvenile way to look at it. Women in general? or Women in general. So and strippers like, particularly. Oh. Well, I mean, there's kind of a an understanding with a stripper that, that she's not going to be your woman. But when I was 18 years old, you know, like really coming into my uh, peak of my sexual prime and sexual aggressiveness, I really didn't have a concept of a female outside of this is what I'm seeing in front of me right now. Uh And this is what I would like to do. And when they're gone, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And as I got older, I realized how selfish that was and that I needed to change that shit. Sylvia Sage. Hey, it's okay. I'm not even here. No one even knows. Did you just finish your set? No. And you know, I haven't gone up yet? I'm waiting. You're waiting to go I'm up? I'm about to go up. About so to go up. She so just I came out to bum a cigarette. I know. I can't she's so, you're, you're so hot, Sylvia. You look so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I love you, Lana. I love you, too. She's one of my favorite people in this world <laughs> and in comedy in general. <laughs> ah, see? That's awesome. It's mutual. It's mutual, my That's love. Awesome. Um, and you know what? This is the thing. Like, I don't want to come off like I'm a nice guy. That's not <laughs> the case. I don't know that that, that was my person. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> I've le- but I've learned from my mistakes. And one of my early mistakes was not realizing that a woman is more than just uh, something that I wanted at that time. And that was horrible. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, so, like, you had girls that wanted more from you, and you didn't, you were just like, I'm done. One, like I was, I, was, I was raised very conservative, and I had one girlfriend throughout high school. So mm-hmm. I had one girlfriend from the age of 15 till like, two years out of high school, 20. And so I would just, I concentrated on her, and I treated her the best that I could. Mm-hmm. However, if I had excursions or opportunities that I could take to cheat on her, I would take them at all times because I felt like that's what being a, a man and being. It's a, it's okay. We're, we're in a part, we're in the front of this, or behind the strip club, so there's a car alarm. I don't even know if they can. <laughs> but, I fe- but I was just truly misguided, and I had to figure all that out, and, and, and it cost So me. how often did you cheat? So this was a girlfriend, somebody that you, you were very young, but you were in love with her. Most, still so in love with her today. Haven't talked to her in 20 years, and I dream about her all the time. Really? Yes. Oh my God! So wait, how? When you say you cheated on her, like all the time, every about two hundred and fifty times, yeah. No, really? Yeah, yeah it was horrible. I, I just had no sense of direction. I what knew. was the point in having a girlfriend? Because she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, and for the first year that we were together, I literally wanted to do nothing but get to know her and her family, and you know, figure out what type of job I was going to do when I got out of high school and went to college to take care of us, and it was totally about that. And then I started, uh, you know 
doing things that 16-year-olds do in Chicago, going to uh, teenage clubs, um, getting drunk. Wait, you were 16 when you started dating her? I was 15, 15 when I started dating her, but 16 when I started cheating on her. Got it. Well, you're so young. Yeah. But to cheat that much, like, um, it's actually something that I've been thinking about a lot lately mm -hmm. over the last couple of years is what does it mean to be monogamous and what is that? Because, like, I mean, people in marriages are not monogamous. I mean, like, it's it, monogamy is, I don't believe it really exists. You're only monogamous for as long as, until you stick your dick into another woman. Yeah. So, like... Monogamy is a tricky thing. Like, there's so many different lines that people can draw and justify. Yeah, and like that used to be part of my game. You know, like that used to be part of the philosophy that I would use to I I introduce a Are female. Are you ever monogamous? Yeah, 100% now. But in, I'm monogamous in a different way. Like I'm monogamous in the way that I'm truthful and in the way that if there is a situation where I want to date someone else that I make that known in the relationship. And So it's you'll tell a woman that you're with, that you care about, that you want to sleep with somebody else before you do it? Yes. Really? And how has that been received? It's not received well at all, for the right, most part. Right, because it's, why would you tell somebody? Because she would not receive it well, and then you lose the pussy that you want. Because it's not about that. It's about uh, respecting the time that we have together and also respecting my agenda in life. If I'm lying to this girl, that means that she, I'm, I'm contributing to her not knowing the truth about her situation, and that's not right. what I've signed up for. That's the worst part of it, really. It's that you trust somebody and they violate your trust. Oh, there's two worst parts. Okay, somebody violates your trust. It makes it really hard for you to trust other people. That's yeah. what I'm dealing with a lot in my life is mm -hmm. how do I trust anybody after somebody who I trusted so much did me so wrong? But the other part of it is hygiene. Yeah. That's disgusting. Again, uh, I, I would go to other countries and continue to do this uh, until I was like 28 years old. And so I you just guys stayed together from 16 to 28? No, we stayed together from 16 to 20. And then when we broke up, I, didn't, I loved her so much. And that I didn't just break up with her. I broke up with the whole city. Left. Wasn't in Chicago for 10 years. And I got, I joined the military, got uh, stationed overseas, and immediately went uh, into my same uh, routine. You know, just found a girl over there that I really wanted to care about and proceeded to cheat on her from day one. And I would continue to repeat that cycle until I was about 28 years old. Did you grow up in a home with infidelity? No, I grew up in a very strict Christian home. So you'd said, but there was no, are you sure there wasn't anybody in your family dogging around that you saw? That, that I children, saw? children see things that we don't necessarily, I mean, I'm just curious. No, I'm no, not no. I can tell you exactly what it was. It, uh -huh. What it is is I looked up to the older guys in the neighborhood. And the older guys in the neighborhood, they would always have, like, you know, other females' cars driving them around. Or every time you see them, they would be with a different female. And so that's where a lot of my, my primary development came from. And then on top of that, I have uncles who kind of dabbled in the pimp game every now and then. And these were mm -hmm. the people who were giving me advice at 14. Wow. Like, if you listen to my comedy set, I said I have five <laughs> relatives, uh, five aunts and uncles, and they're you know, taking a different path. And so these were the people who would talk with me on the, at the family reunions and the weekends. And when they saw me going down that wrong path, instead of saying, hey, that's not what you need to be doing, they were reinforcing it like, yes. You know, wrong is all relative, right? Yeah. Like, it sounds like you were having a lot of fun. What, the only thing that's wrong is that the trust of another person got hurt. Yeah. And yeah. probably, did she ever find out that you were unfaithful? I told her. Eventually, uh, eventually I told her. At what point did you, like, how far along the rabbit hole of, people did you finally fess up um about maybe 10 or 12 we talked about it for the first time and and then 
And you then know, she, yeah. was she okay with it? Or? Well, she was she was okay with it because of the logic that I was able to convince her was reality. And that logic was simply that um, the mistake that I made wasn't because I didn't love her. It was because I was being selfish and wanted to achieve my goal regardless of whoever was around me. And so based on that, uh, I convinced her that, you know, maybe I should have another shot. And okay. at, at the logic of a 20-year-old girl at that time or 18-year-old girl at that time, uh, she said yes. And we just continued that cycle until was one day. Was she faithful to you? I, I don't think so, but it wasn't a conversation that we had, and we just never had it. But I wouldn't blame her if she was. You know, like, I've really come to an enlightenment about I, I'm really like this is something in literally like, I, for real. I think about it all the time. Like, what does it mean? What it when you're with somebody, how much of them do you have to own or be for you? I like I said for me, it just comes down to like trust and hygiene and wanting to have like. But monogamy is very confusing. Well, monogamy for me is all about um, a mind state, like having an understanding and having an agreement and setting limits like emotional limits are are what i've had to have in order to fully engage in a relationship you know like i've had to have the talk about you know we're dating uh casually because of this reason and we both need to know it and when that changes we need to be honest and communicate about it right. and, and for that that seems to work but the reality is is that um that's my situation like everybody has to find their own situation that works for them i don't mind being lonely because in my mind my one true chance at innocence and happiness ended before I fully even recognized what it was. You know, like I've had other women that I've loved and I've had other women that I've wanted to be with, but I've never had a spiritual connection to an individual the way that I did with her. And wow. it's influenced every part of my life. And you've not had contact with her since? or Well, after, the, after she found out about the correct number, she uh, cut off all communication. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. When we broke up, it wasn't uh, amicable. It wasn't a mutual breakup. You know, I had a reputation of uh, carrying concealed weapons at the time, and she might have felt threatened. And oh. all these things happened. Even though I would never hurt her, I've only hit a woman once, and I was in the eighth grade. And we're friends on Facebook. And after that, uh, but anyway, but her perception <laughs> of that reality was different from what it was. And so that's how we, that's how she, that's why she chose to break off communication. She felt threatened. Most definitely. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. It is. But that's my life. Like, you know, I'm a soldier. Like I literally joined the military because I have this attitude that um, I have, I had a lot of aggression I needed to get out. And I had I a lot of just forced bravado that I grew up with and I needed to place to put that I mean I think a lot of people when they go in the military it's they're searching for themselves but I almost feel like and forgive me because I we don't really know each other super well but I feel like it's easy to look back on this like early love with super rose colored glasses and be like she was the greatest thing ever but you know like you that was such a different time in your life, right? So yeah, it was. It not yeah. only was it a different time, but those road colored colored glasses, they um it's just a situation where I've never had all the dots connect like that, you know? Like she I like uh red hot chili peppers. That was her favorite group at the time. Um I like uh, you know, tricking out my automobiles and she liked tricking out her automobiles and she was an artist and I was an actor and you know, her parents worked for the railroad. My dad worked for, it was just all the You guys were really well matched. Were there, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I haven't had that. You know, like the next girl I fell in love with, 
was some girl I met at the mall in Budapest, and we were together for two years. You that know? sounds kind of cr- crazy cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that's that was my life. Like, I had this aggression um, where I would literally push my agenda <laughs> on any situation, any crack that I saw an opportunity to invade, I would do that with. What I mean by that is, you know, in my mind, no, there's no such thing as random connection. So when I meet someone, um, we're basically figuring out how do I fit in your life and how do you fit in mine? And instead of waiting for someone to figure out how I fit in their life, when I was 18 years old, I would just immediately impose how they fit in mine and continue my conquest. Does that make any sense? Somewhat, yeah. But You're right. I, I like that, that um, no meeting is co- coincidental, like that we really do run into people in our lives at the right times. And if you really listen to the pulse of life that's around you that you can really connect with the right people at the right times and then there's the cosmic element of it the cosmic element of it is you know the same girl in in hungary we were scheduled to get married my parents had flew over and the next day the president bombed some country and i'm confined to the base until i leave hungary so i literally would have to like buy another ticket get out of the military come back over there reschedule the wedding and do all these different things and I feel like that was a, a divine intervention. Yeah. Uh, and It oh. stopped you from getting married. Yeah. Do you think it would have been a mistake to have married this woman? I think that anybody that I marry <laughs> is going to be a mistake. You know, everyone's, a, I guess every relationship's a mistake when it's over, right? Yeah. And, and, and at the same time, I don't like to look at future relationships in a, in a negative light, but I do look at it like this. How much of myself or my agenda or myself would I give up in order to make someone else happy? And if marriage fits into what I would, you know, my my single, uh, my singlehood, <laughs> I guess it's called, that would fit into what I would give up for this lady, then that's what it is. Like, if I have to give up being single to make this person happy and get married, that would be something that I would weigh as of how much do I want the situation to work out. Right. But the reality is, is that, that marriage is not something that I'm rushing towards because the blocks don't line up. <laughs> well, you know, I never wanted to get married. I wasn't a big believer in the institution of marriage at all. And then um, my ex asked me to marry him like every month from the first month that I met him. Like wow. it was crazy. Like he really wanted to get married, but I never wanted to. And we, there was a variety of reasons why in hindsight they were all accurate, but I just wanted to like, but I loved him dearly. And when I finally realized I did not it wasn't that I was like I want to be with you forever it was that I didn't want to not be with you forever and so that's when I decided because he desperately wanted to be married mm. so I was like all right I'm going to do this because I don't want to be away f- I don't want to not be with you and and you this r- is really important to you and then I found once we got married like the moment we got married I was totally invested in him and wanted to make sure that his life was everything that he'd ever dreamed it would be but in hindsight, all of these things are not practical for life because the marriage is over. So it's one of those things that. And see, yeah. I'm on the other side of that coin, 100 um, percent. Everything that I've accomplished in my life is because we broke up. I was totally prepared oh to stay God. in yeah. the same in the same neighborhood. Uh, I was totally prepared to get a job with the no, railroad like, and continue yeah. that. And so, like, yeah, exactly like what you're talking life. about is the opposite. Like, I left I left home. When we broke up and didn't come back for 10 years. Wow. And it, everybody was like, why are you doing this? And in my mind, I knew that this is what I had to do to push my life forward. 
you know. And so I got I served in the military, got my college degree, um, traveled the world uh, doing comedy and plays, and am here in L.A. Am I happy? I'm happy as I can be uh, pursuing whatever goals that I put in front of myself. But there's always a part of me that harkens back to the uh, situation that I let go and wondering if my path would have been different. Totally different. Oh, my God. When, like, um, my life is completely different. And, and having, like, when when a relationship d- ends or whatever propels you in a different direction. Like, yeah. nobody's business. Yeah, so that's the one. crazy. That's the one thing that I pride myself in is that I um, kind of failed upward. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this relationship failed, and then my academic career took off, and my military career took off. So even though I had failed at that, it pushed me forward to do these other positive things in my life. You know, so... There's a, it's, you know, it, there's always a question: Is the grass greener on this side or that side? You know, and wow. I just can, that'll be something. That'll be an answer. That that question will be answered never. Like that's no. something I'm always gonna wonder Life is about. A, it's a cool ride, though, right? It is. Yeah. It's so cool. Look at everything you've done. Have led you to the oddball cabaret in front of like nobody, hardly nobody. at all, with a bunch of back to the strippers. Like, you're, you've gone full circle in life. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that is something that lucky lucky people have a chance to do you know what i mean like i look at my life where there was literally a chance when i just wanted to end it all and give everything away and that was at the end of that relationship i've never been that was the first time i was ever depressed that was the first time that i ever thought about suicide and to go from there to this state of mind is is like a full circle 100 percent. you know like i was happy in that relationship and now i'm happy with this path that i'm on and I don't even care about money or success. And I know people say that, but they really do. Like me personally, I feel like what I do has to mean something because all of the things that I've seen, all the things that I've experienced, I can talk about it in a way where people don't have to be as stupid as I was. People don't have to <laughs> take this messed up way of looking at reality because uh, I'm telling them what that leads to. You know what I mean? Well, comedians are all fucked up anyways. <laughs> yeah every yeah. comic i know is so fucked up yeah and that's why we, that's why it's so much fun to just like you know start talking <laughs> <laughs> see where the conversation goes because initially when we sat down we were going to talk you were like i have some great ghost stories oh and i was yeah. like well that sounds like fun but this is kind of a ghost story all in itself because we are all like very ghosty moving through this like different existence like there might be a parallel universe where yeah. you have a a relationship with this other woman and you're like Working for the railroads, you got like three kids, and <laughs> yeah, you know. Who knows? And I like to think that when I dream at night, that I visit that reality. Mm-hmm. I like to think that there's a trans- transcendental relationship between the past that is and the past that could have been, and the future that is, and the future that could have been, and the now that is, and a now that could have been. But also, I'm a type of person who likes to expand upon these theories because it takes me away from the sadness. Of uh, the reality, whatever that may be. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. Um, you just kind of stumped me. Why's that? Because I don't know. Fucking um, with the whole like, uh, I can't like you're talking about the different like I I don't think there's a parallel universe where any of it exists. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> but it's a, but it's the thought of it, like the the just the thought. And and I think there's the what could have been, and we think about that sometimes. But I, I I don't know to dwell on that doesn't make any difference. Well, in my in the way that I look at it is is that n- the only thing that we know is that we don't know. The uh, only thing that we I mean like 
we don't know if the dimensions between three and seven and ten exist they're theorized and we have a theoretical understanding of them but the evidence that they exist is absent from our hey. three-dimensional universe oh big mike is right here hey big mike hey. i'm glad you came over this was getting a little intense sorry <laughs> he's very intense. i apologize man no no it's cool it's all right yeah we did mike mike you can go back and listen to Mike's yeah mike interview. told me a lot about that interview he did yeah Oh, people liked it. It's a good one. Guys, you can go back and listen to Mike's interview. I really, really enjoyed it. Your life has changed a lot, too, as of late, right? It's Poor yeah, babe. It has changed, yes. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to put it out there. Okay. <laughs> I don't want my business out on the street We'll wait and we'll talk. We'll see. I'll give you an update in, few, in two months. In a few months. Or July 7th. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it might be Lloyd's roommate, so who knows? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we like bosom buddies or something. Right? right? <laughs> ah, a couple. It's a whole new parallel universe. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say that he's living, he's talking about a parallel universe. Yes. Uh, the reality is much different. Much different. But, Mike, this is a great gig. This is so fucking good. Are you going to keep it going? Because people need to come. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're ecstatic. Yeah. I came here Sunday and Monday to see if it was hitting or not. Because they'll tell you anything. You know, I've been doing shows for 12 years, so you can never trust what management says. So I got to comfort myself to see. And trust me, this is this is fun. It's the, gr fun. the girls are loving it. They're getting dances. Uh -huh. You know, it's going down. Everyone's making money? Yes. Okay, good. Because I really like it. And you, you're, you're going to be here every damn show. I know you will. <laughs> I like it. Well, I, you know me. I like I like. You just, just, just my girl. Like you'll come through and support me, and I'll support you, and I love that about you. Yeah, no, this is fun. Yeah. I'm really cool, and I like I like the seediness of it and the yeah, honesty uh, of it. Exactly, it's they're yeah. performers just like we are. Yeah, when they get off stage, they want their tips done. Like we want our laughs. Same shit. Yeah, Good no, point. there's a lot in common between very, very much sex industry. We're and we're comedians. naked emotionally. They're with our with our comedy. They're naked physically, and the, either one can hurt you if you don't get the response you want. Yeah. Like, whoa, sorry. I'm giving you all the dick I got. My bad. <laughs> I can only imagine you're like butt naked up there and the lights are bright. And But we're up there telling jokes and saying stuff we thought about and we planned and it just goes flat. It's like, just kill me now. What am I doing for my I life? I know. I know. It's so I'm going to let y'all get back to your interview because it right. sounds like you guys are having a great time. Well, but thanks for having time. me on it. No, it's cool. Guest spot for Big Mike. Hell, Woohoo. <laughs> This is kind of fun. It's been like people coming in and out of our show, of our interview tonight. Yeah, and and that reflects the universe. And reflects. It's kind of like our interview. We're going in and out of shit. Yeah, yeah. But what when you talk about in or out and the ghosts and stuff, you said that you have ghost stories. Yeah. And that tweaked my interest. I was like, what is he talking about? Well, yeah. There's this a uh, ghost story, and it's really scary to me personally because the more I tell it, the more I've only told it about four times in my whole life. Like it was that scary. Really? Yeah, yeah. So this is what happened. Um, I'm about 20 years old, and I'm hanging out with my buddies, and my buddies are talking about this house that's been rumored to have a witch living there. Ooh. And the way that this house is set up is, is at the end of an alley, and the lights, the street lights near the house have been shot out or magically put out. We don't know. And there's Where always- Where is this house? Uh, it's in the south. It's in a place called Geyer Springs. Where's that? Uh, Southwest Little Rock in oh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay, right there. There you go. Yeah, uh, Southwest I'm sure Little Rock. There's a lot of like witches and haunted houses in Little Rock. Yeah, in Southwest Arkansas. Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. And off Geyer Springs. Okay. And so, so there's the alley. Is that where you're from? I I lived there during that time. Okay. I'm from Chicago, but I lived there uh, a little bit off and on. Okay. Uh, my dad's family's from there, and Got I used it. to get in trouble, and that was our punishment. We had to go to the country. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm in Little Rock. And there's this uh, dead-end street, creepy house, 
the lights are out when you get to that portion. And there's always Rottweilers, like these dogs, like two or three dogs, like walking up and down. It's just a the sleepy, hollow setting, you know, right. where you look up the street and the street lights it are out. It just feels like there's something wrong. And you see the shadow of a dog. and Yeah, like that. And so, you know, we were drinking around, playing uh, playing drinking games with Tangeray. We had a full bottle of Tangeray, like the, the whole gallon of Tangeray. And oh. it was the four of us, and we were playing a shooter game. So the bottle was gone in about 15 minutes. Oh, my. And uh, one, of the, one of my friends suggested that we go by this house. I mean, just out of nowhere. Just like, hey, let's go by this house. Let's go. I don't believe it's a ghost house. Let's go do this, this, and that. Ooh. So we all pile into my SUV, and we drive over there. And so you're pretty wasted. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pretty wasted. And so we drive through, and first time nothing happens. It's really good. We drive through really slow talking about the house. First time nothing happens. My drive friend, through, you mean like drive past it? Yeah, like drive past it, turn around, and come back down the alley back towards the street lights. And then my buddy's like, hey, let's go in front of the house and play Chinese uh, roulette. You know what that is? That's when the everybody gets out of the car, runs around to the other side of the car, and gets in. And then the person that was in the behind the passenger now becomes the driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so my friend was like, let's play that game in front of the house. Okay. So we play that game, and as soon as the doors open, uh, all we hear are gunshots. All we hear are gunshots. So we get back in the car, and we drive away, and I realize that the, one of the girls that's with us is shot in the shoulder, and one of the guys, uh, my buddy, he shot in his uh, stomach, like near his abdomen. And so what I do in my drunken geniusness is – I pull up to the nearest hospital and I kick her out of the car. And then I drive my buddy home. But he's shot yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Just drunk as fuck. Just nothing is logical about the situation. And there's blood all over your car. And oh, like and there's 42 bullet holes. 42? Yes. The police said that she was using a shotgun with bird pellets. So there was an actual person in the house? They, we never saw anyone. Never saw anyone. When we drove through the first time, we looked, could barely even see the front of the house, did not see anyone. Drove back up the second time, still didn't see anyone. Gunshots come out of nowhere. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly what the fuck. So after that, I'm driving home, and where I live at, it's really curvy. There's a lot of S-curves. So I'm driving through these S-curves, and then all of a sudden, the tire in my car just blows out, and I'm spinning all around the road, drunk as hell. 42 bullet holes in my SUV. Managed to make it home. Go to sleep. Wake up the next morning, and I come out and look at the vehicle, and all the bullet holes were peppered around the gas tank. So literally, it could have ruptured the gas line. Right, you could have been all killed. Yes, and I have to explain this to my dad because I'm, <laughs> you know, like I had to explain this to him. Like, you know, this is what happened last night. I have no idea what happened i mean i can't tell him what happened so because you don't really understand it. no i don't i don't understand I, I, to this day the explanation is nothing wait your friends that were actually shot what like they were actually actually shot yeah, yeah so the woman that was shot in the abdomen you said uh shoulder shoulder yeah so she went to the hospital to the hospital and yes. got treated for bullet yes and what about your friend in the abdomen uh he went to the hospital the next day when he woke up in a pool of his own blood what the fuck? But, I mean, I don't know a bullet. Well, they were bird pellets, so they yeah. weren't exactly the large caliber bullets. But it's still lodged inside yes. of him. Yes, 
when you say they're not large caliber, they're not as deadly, I guess. Yeah, they just don't do as much damage when they uh, go through flesh. Like large caliber bullets, they have a smaller exit wound and I mean a smaller entrance wound and a larger exit. How do you guys not all get shot with that many bullets? Again, no, no question. Okay. I mean, uh, no answer to that question. Is that one of those guns that when you shoot it, it shoots a bunch of bullets out like with each fire? So it's like okay. I get it. So, like, maybe, I don't know how many gunshots produced to that many. I, I don't know. I, oh, I, my God. To this night, to, the, to right now, I truly believe that I just heard one. But according to the police, because my dad made me go and fill out a police report. Yeah. And we get to the to police station, and this is the story that I told them. I told them that we were riding on the freeway and that a car pulled up behind us and started shooting into the gas Why thing. didn't you just tell them the truth? Because the truth was so awkward. I mean... I'll tell you why. So that night, after I uh, threw up on the toilet, I looked up and I saw a witch dressed in all white. And she made a simple pact with me, like a ghostly figure in my house, in the bathroom, that made a pact with me that said, if you don't ever tell anyone about this. Why are you telling me? Because it was 30 years ago. It was like way why long are time you ago. T- why are you telling me? Was she going to put this thing on me? No, it's, it's me. She said, if okay. I don't tell anyone, she'll never mess with me again. What the fuck? And, it, and, I, and I waited. Why uh, are you telling me? Because you said you wanted to hear a ghost story. Ah, okay. Well, this is on you. If she's like around, I, this I is your like thing. This is my don't thing. I, I feel like she was already 100 back then, so she's probably gone by now. But who knows? I, I never saw her. All I know was it was a ghostly figure of a middle-aged lady. Ugh. And yeah. And so not now only, you decide to tell. You're, you're but this opening is, it up. This is the tripped you're out thing, though. You're bringing it back on you. This is the I'm tripped out kidding. thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tripped out thing. So about two weeks later, um, we're driving down. Wait, wait oh, hold on. Back up. So you're you're vomiting, and then you look up. And she's there, yeah. And like, where is she? Like, standing in, in your... In the hallway. In the, in the doorway. And she talks. Yeah. No, no. Like, she was just looking at me, but the words came. Into your head? Yeah. Like, out. Like, I heard them. And uh, what the fuck? What she said to me was, "If you'd never tell anyone about this, I will never fuck with you again." Well, why would she care if you ever told anyone? She's a ghost. I don't. I was so. I don't understand. I, I don't either. I was so freaked out that I just didn't even. My mind. I was already drunk, and then when I woke up, I was still hungover. Do you think it was because you were drunk that you saw stuff, and I, that you were so like in shock? Well, this is my thing. I've been drunk a hundred times. I saw stuff once. Yeah, but you're in shock, maybe a little. After. I don't. All I know is I tried to drink myself back to that stupor, uh, and it did not happen ever again. So it's clear as day you see this person. Clear as day. Oh my gosh. Not only that, but like I'm saying, like two weeks later, so weird. I'm in a different car with one of the same guys, and it's like you know, twelve thirty at night did on Geyer Springs. Did we go visit everybody? She was walking down the side of the street. You know, how somebody's walking down the, towards traffic. Like people are walking. So you on saw her again. Saw her again two weeks later. And she was walking, and she stopped, and looked at us until we passed and by. And your friend saw her too. The same guy that was there that night. Yes. And what did she do? She just looked at you. She just looked at us. She she was walking down the side of the freeway. She stopped. Her head rotated as we passed by, and then when we drove off, she started walking, kept on walking. And disappeared. And he saw her too. Yes. Did she visit anyone else who was in the car with you that night? No. The f- this is crazy. This is. 
This is this is the weirdest yeah. thing that ever happened to me that's in my life. Why are you crazy? I'm not saying you're crazy. It's just a very crazy story. Uh, trust me, if I if I wasn't me, I wouldn't believe me. And like you remember earlier when no, someone I, was like, "Hey, the phone is ringing." I was calling my buddy who was there that night so that he could tell the same story to those guys. Huh? Yeah, my buddy, I'm still friends with the guy that was there that night. Uh-huh. And so I was calling him on my phone, but he lives in Arkansas. So it's a two-hour time difference, like one in the morning. Wait, there. why was he? He was asking you. He wanted to tell the story tonight too. He wanted proof that it happened. The guy that I was talking to earlier wanted proof that it happened to me. So I was going to call my buddy and have him tell his side. So of the tonight story. is the night that it all kind of comes out. This the is story the story that you guys have been quiet about for all these years. We've mentioned it to each other, uh-huh. but we've never fully went into details. Like, why do you think tonight is the night that you both decided to talk about something that's so removed? Because it's the oddball. It's the oddball cabaret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the oddball cabaret brings it out. Uh, yeah. Is that the only time you've ever had a weird ghost experience? Uh, those are only two times. Two yeah. times. Yeah. In your whole life. In my whole life. And you've never seen her since. No. You're gonna see her tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I've been. Waiting. I'm not gonna see her. No, li- wherever you are. But I do Ooh, lock my door you, every night. Yeah. No. Like, go. I don't think doors matter. Hey, all I know is I've been locking my door every night since then. Oh Whatever, wherever I sleep at, my door is locked. So wait, it, I, it wasn't her though who shot those bullets. Like. I don't know. I don't know why. So I don't like it. Never entered into my twenty-year-old brain. Why so would this witch no, use but weapons? But there was nobody in the. There had to have been somebody in the house or in the. I never saw anyone. Nobody there ever saw anyone. But how far would you have to be to shoot a pellet? I mean, she could, whoever shot it would have been some distance from you, right? And concealed in the dark, yeah. 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 But it's just as conceivable that there was no one who shot, that the shots just came out of nowhere. Mm. I mean, if in the realm of possibilities of the supernatural, that's really not that far-fetched, I don't think. I don't. I. I would seem more logical that you were trespassing on some crazy person's in space. the street. I don't know. I don't know the scenario of what it looked like, but there's like an abandoned house. There's vagrant. Maybe who shot your. I don't know. Or is just the asshole who saw some teenagers having a good time, right? And decided they would shoot to kill them. There was. I don't know. There was a guy that used to live across. I used to live in an area of LA that wasn't a good area. Yeah. And there was this dude that would shoot a gun. All the time, and the police would never come because it was like off Crenshaw. Oh, and yeah, yeah, no, the police not at aren't all. coming. And like the first night that we moved into the shitty apartment, we were actually pretty happy because we moved into a place with a washer and a dryer. Big nice. deal in LA. Yeah, it is. You know, and so at the time we were like, this is great. It was a big apartment, it had two bedrooms, and we've been living in a studio apartment. And we're sitting there just sort of enjoying the moment when all of a sudden I hear like eight gunshots just boom, 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 boom hit the floor i'm so scared look out the window there's this giant city rats i'm just like when can we get out of this apartment wow and i kept waiting for a siren for the police nothing to come. happened nothing happened because the police didn't give a shit because it happens all the time in these neighborhoods and i i just i could not believe it like my i literally got like um my car got a woman pulled out of her parking spot and hit my car in malibu last summer wow and the Malibu police called me that night to let, notify me that they figured out who it was and that they were passing it on for insurance. Like, I know. And meanwhile, gunshots were going off in Crenshaw, like, and nothing, tw- you know, 15 years ago. And nothing. Like, it's just an, an amazing what 
Well, this is what I think. It's about a big that. time. It's a big time emergency when a Lexus hits a Mercedes in Malibu, but you know, gunshots of Crenshaw mean nothing. Well, exactly, and it means nothing because of the socioeconomic status right uh, around it. This is the issue, right? Guns are in the hood for us to kill each other, for aggressive people to kill each other aggressively. Mm. That is the reason that gun shops open in bad neighborhoods and that there's guns in bad neighborhoods and police don't respond because the reality is is if that guy was shooting at someone the only way that he would go to jail is if it was extenuating circumstances like that that black dude that he shot is some mayor's cousin or oh or otherwise it just some, doesn't matter huh? no sh- shootings happen every day in la and you do not hear about them on right. the news unless they happen north of wilshire and it's not that there's this what's the difference North of Wilshire, think about it. Past Wilshire and <laughs> uh-huh, what happens? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. Just yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a systematic plan. Yeah. Here it, but then you have Malibu. Uh Malibu's different. Malibu, the the main goal is to keep rich people happy. And right. if that means that you have any inconvenience that the local law enforcement can help you out with, they would do that ten times over and to the best of their ability because they know your taxes are going to be recycled right into the community as long as you, what, feel safe and want to be there. Right. Well, money talks in every situation. But, like, when when it happened, when when they got rear-ended, I got the woman's license, and I, I called the police, and I was like, you know what, um, I, I honestly didn't expect anybody to show up. So I told the kids, we're just going to wait here for about 30, 45 minutes. If the police come, then we'll deal with it. If not, we got to go home. And yeah. we waited. The cops were there for like 20 minutes. It was like a big deal. Yes. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. And then um, I did a gig that night in like the hood, like yeah. deep in the hood. <laughs> and so I was tr- and then my phone rang when I was in the, and I, and they were like letting me know that they, they identified the woman yeah. who hit my car and the whole thing. And then um, I just kept thinking if I, if I called the police in the neighborhood where I was, and I told them I got rear-ended. They would be like, is there a body in the trunk? Otherwise, we're not showing That's up. That's exactly what happened to me. Uh, this is my thing. Like, I got hit by a hit-and-run driver in Chicago and got the guy's information. Uh, you know, I had to flag down a police officer. So I chased this guy. Chase him back downtown. He loses me getting on the freeway. I flag down a police officer because they have, like, uh, you know, neighborhood cops and shit. I flag him down. I'm like, hey, here's the guy's number, license and plate mm-hmm. number. And the guy's like, all right, thanks, man. Have a good day. And keeps <laughs> fucking walking. Right. Yeah, he's like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. So there's probably somebody who actually operated a gun in that scenario. But it wouldn't. But it, no matter what it was, something came to you, which is crazy, too. Yeah. And, and I still didn't even take that as a sign for me to get my life together. I just woke up the next day and was like, well. Have to go out and get these bullet holes repaired and not drinking Tangeray anymore, so I'm going to go to vodka. Did you ever drive back around that home ever again? Fuck no. Never went back? Never. Yeah. Is it still there? You wouldn't even I, know? I, I would not know. Like, I literally never went back. There are some places that just kind of house crazy, like, hard negative energy. That's just, like, yeah. you feel it when you go into certain spaces, both positive and negative. So, for whatever reason, I don't know, man. That's crazy. Yeah, but that's that's my ghost story. And it's so crazy because... I had to get my father involved and we went to the cops and I had no thought to even like actually tell them what happened and to tell them where the address was because I was just so afraid of them figuring out that I was driving drunk and it was be a DUI and yeah because then they would come back at you well they would have then my thing is I'm surprised that they didn't connect the shooting victim to the reporting of a shooting the next day you know what I mean right like do actual basic police work and say hey 
you you're reporting a shooting. This person was dropped off at Especially a hospital last a small, night, a smaller and then town. another person went in today. Yeah, but nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. And I'm still alive. I'm still here. But yes, I lock my door every night, <laughs> and I don't watch scary movies. Just don't do it. Well, now you've told the story. Here's what I want from you. Okay. What's up? I want you to let me know if because she told me not oh, to tell the story. Here you go. <laughs> I already, you know what? <laughs> she told you not to tell the story. So you've told the story. So your job now is to let me know if anything else happens now that you've told the story. She's good. She might be pissed. I feel like I'm on like a karma version of Survivor. Yes. <laughs> like tonight. if you survive. Tonight. Survive tonight. I'll, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> let I, me I know in the morning. I want you to text me in the morning. Let me know that everything's okay. Can I you mean, do that? Like, yeah, I can text you in the morning and let you know okay. everything's okay. But here's the thing, man. Like a witch <laughs> messing with a 20-year-old guy drunk, a guy that's 20 years old and drunk messing with his head is one thing. Messing with like a 43-year-old sober person. <laughs> I don't think she's got the energy anymore. Like I it takes right. a lot of energy She's to. She's like, I'm not going to try and scare him. He's been he's been through too much. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it. that's that's my ghost story. That's and, amazing. And this is the thing. Like, as soon as I kind of like gotten back my ride and gotten back to the party mode, we see the same lady walking down the street. That's crazy. Yeah, and and that you saw her with the other guy with the other guy yeah but he didn't see her after the shooting he that was his first time to see her right yes still it's crazy yeah yeah and yeah it was, it was it's crazy it's it, i'm getting goosebumps <laughs> just talking about it text me in the morning <laughs> I got let me you. know you're alive okay? i'll let you know all right and assuming that you will still be alive where can people find you <laughs> uh you can find me on instagram at i am lloyd collins you can find me on twitter at I am not Lloyd Collins, and you can find me on Facebook as Lloyd Collins. That's so confusing too. <laughs> but you know what? That's me. It I, works. I am a confusing person. I love I'm it. I'm a walking paradox, uh, and I don't feel guilty about it. No, don't. This is great, guys. <laughs> Lloyd, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing a story you've never shared before. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully, I survived the night. You are. You're going to survive the night, but just text. Let I me will. know in the morning. I will. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you.